0: Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at Network.com.
1: Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White, and it's not just Herb today. It's Herb and Ashibo, Ashibo Rojas. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, doing good. All right, great. So we're basically going to talk football today. I mean, it's all football, all podcasts, all levels, all that other stuff. And so it's been dramatic at times the last couple of weeks uh, in terms of what's going on uh, around Charlotte and the Carolinas, professional football, collegiate football. It's just all kinds of things are happening all at once. Let's just start with the elephant in the room, the Carolina Panthers, with the start of training camp down in Spartanburg. Lovely, hot, hotter than Hades, Spartanburg, South Carolina, right about now. Uh, Your impressions of the first couple of days of of practice and uh, what that all looks like? Yeah, so obviously
0: I'm not down there, but I do keep up with the coverage. And, you know, the big story is the quarterback competition. You know, we got it between um, Baker Mayfield, uh, Sam Darnold, and Matt Corral. And, you know, they've been, uh, I think I think Sam and Matt, they said are going to be trading reps 50-50 for, for right now. Uh, Matt's been getting in there too. And, you know, so, you know, they, reporters have been providing a daily, you know, over for 4 on this drive or, you know, things of that nature. You so, get into all that new <laughs> shit. I am it's <just> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just practice. Like you said, it's just practice. It's not – we don't know what these quarterbacks are going to do in a Carolina Panthers uniform for a game yet. Now, we know what Sam Darnold has done, but as far as Baker Mayfield, you know, how is he going, to you know, relate with the players and play with them as far as Robbie Anderson, uh, DJ Moore, and all those guys – so, um, I think the Panthers, you know, it's early to say, you know, this guy is going to get that position, at quarterback or, you know, these pieces are here. But um, as far as the defense, I've heard defense has been having a good camp so far. Um, J.C. Horn is not quite back yet. But, you know, once he gets back in there, I think the secondary will be, you know, definitely be the the bright spot of the team um, coming 2022. So, yeah, but
1: uh, uh, JC is out. Uh, he's on the physically unable to perform list uh, due to some soreness on the foot that he had surgically repaired last year. The coaching staff is making it out to sound like, well, you know, it's nothing to be nervous about or anything like that. But you know, truth is truth. He still isn't practicing, so somebody is either being very very cautious or maybe there's just that other side that says, well, you know, he's not quite ready yet. Yeah, and I mean, I would I would hope that it's just being
0: cautious because, you know, you don't want to lose a player like that for a whole season again, and you, you know what he can do. You know, he's very vital to the secondary, so I, if I were the Panthers, I wouldn't put him out there, you know, too fast or try to get him acclimated too quickly because – you know you're going to need him in the long run.
1: So now the other side of that when you talk about their secondary, you know, a secondary is only as good as the pass rush that's up front. Um, a lot has been made about Hassan Reddick not being there. Brian Burns has put on some muscle. Is looking more like an NFL defensive end these days. How big of a concern should it be that they don't necessarily have that bookend at defensive end, or is the end by committee approach going to be sufficient? Well,
0: you know, I think Brian Burns, like you said, Matt Rule said too, he, he looks like he's ready to take the step this year, putting on muscle and, you know, being ready for – being more like an NFL defensive end, but I, I still don't see our the defensive ends being as strong as you know defensive tackles. You know with Derek Brown, those guys up front. But um, you know, I think I think they you know they still got the talent up there. I think they still have enough to be a solid defensive line and pass rush team. Um, you know, they weren't they weren't like the lowest team in sacks last year. They were still pretty productive up there on the front. So as long as, you know, they keep that up and just make it easier on their DBs, I mean, that's all they got to do really because their DBs, like we said, they're good enough to handle things on their own. Um, I, I think the defensive line, you know,
1: is enough for what they're trying to do. Now, the other thing that uh, Coach Rule said that stood out to me, and you were at, at – uh, you were in attendance at the press conference was that when he basically said, I'm taking a hands-off approach to picking a quarterback. You know, if you're really a nitpicker, it's like, isn't that what the head coach is supposed to do? Is he not supposed to have that input and ultimately say, this guy's going to start or whatever? What did you make of that comment? Yeah, I, I think he, it almost felt like he didn't want to
0: just say, It almost felt like he was kind of avoiding the question of, okay, who will be starting? You know, like, kind of like how we said leaving uh, OTAs. He said, you know, we start today. Sam Donald is our quarterback. Well, now you have Baker Mayfield. And so when we asked that question, I think he he just doesn't want to say it. Um, You know, from what everybody would assume, it's going to be Baker Mayfield. You're not bringing in a guy – that's started for what three three or four seasons, got a playoff win one one game away from the AFC championship, you're not gonna bring him in and, you know, just have him automatically sitting on the bench, I feel like. But um but yeah, I just think I think Coach Rule just doesn't want to
1: say it. You know? I think he just doesn't want to. <laughs> to me, if it's a coronation, just go ahead and coronate the man and just be finished with it. But right. I, I guess you know, you're you paying these guys for roughly the same thing. It's, that, that's a lot of money tied up in two quarterbacks, and one is more accomplished than the other. So I don't understand why you would just, just say, okay, well, yeah, we, we have a situation, and yes, they should be competing. Why? I mean, otherwise, why would you even swing that
0: trade? Right. And, and you know, it's training camp time. You know, you're, you're getting ready. You're getting your team ready. You're putting the pieces together for week one. So, you know, you don't have too much time to play around with, okay, this guy is doing this and practice this day. This guy was doing this. Who's going to come out? You need – I feel like this is the time to say, here's our guy. Now, come out here. Learn this offense. You know, Ben McAdoo's offense from what the players say is kind of difficult to learn. So, you know, he's got to learn that. He's got to learn it with the teammates on the field. And I think this is the time, to, you know,
1: I think this is the time to choose a guy and let it gel for week one. Yeah. yeah, well, because, you know, it's just like the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. You have none, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, hey, anyway, you know, pick one, let's, you know, but I guess the other side of that is how far behind is Mayfield? In reality, when you talk about learning the playbook, because everybody's learning the playbook. Sure, they had OTAs with with Ben McAdoo uh, as far as uh, most of those guys who were there in April and May and uh, June. So, yeah, they're already familiar, at least somewhat, with the playbook. How big of a deal is it for somebody to come in who's never played under that system, doesn't know... The, the nomenclature, the, the the signals, the audibles and all that other stuff, how important is it for him to pick that up right off the top? I think it's I
0: think it's very important from the standpoint of like like we say, like you have to know it to be successful. But, you know, in relation to the team, like I said, the team is saying it's something difficult, everybody's still learning it. And also Megan Mayfield has an advantage in James Camping being there. You know, he's running Um, Well, he's on the offensive line, you know, part of knowing the offense is knowing what the offensive line is going to do. So, you know, I think he has, I think he has what he needs to learn it just like the other guys. Um, You know, we've seen pictures of him on the plane, you know, looking at the playbook and things. So, I, I mean, I would, I would say he is a little further behind than, you know, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral and the receivers, you know, in the locker room, but I wouldn't say he's too far behind, as to where it's like, okay, we don't see him catching up week one, week two. Like you might need a couple of weeks to still get get it under your belt. So, I, I, I don't I don't see any struggles with him picking up the offense. Yeah,
1: they, well, we'll see how that all turns <laughs> out because it's it's true. It's still the NFL, and truth be told, plays are still the same plays from team to team it's just a matter of what is it called in terms of a playbook right. and so if you can match up what you did in Cleveland with what you're trying to learn in Carolina it, if it can translate somehow if it if it's called X64 Go J in Cleveland it might be Something else in Carolina. So, can your brain catch on and make that transition? That, to me, is, is going to be the key to the quarterback situation. Yeah. The game
0: is all concepts. And, like, you know, like you just said, you just got to apply the concepts with the new terminology and go from there. So,
1: yeah. So, we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's still another week of the training camp and then they'll start the preseason games, which is where we'll probably start to see that separation if, if there's going to be any. Yeah. My biggest fear is that there is no separation. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, okay, now you really have a problem of the worst kind where neither of them have done enough to say that's going to be our starter. I mean, they, may, they both may be good, but two good guys – you can't put under center. You can only put one back there. So yeah. how do you figure that out? And if they're both bad, well, now that's a whole other story. That's <laughs> worst nice case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, uh, okay, uh, let's let's kick the Panthers over to the curb, and let's start with the ACC. Uh, they were here last week for a couple of days of media. Gab and greet and eat, and all the other things that go on with these types of shindigs. Uh, You were there for that. Uh, What were your impressions? Yeah, so my
0: impressions were you know, the biggest story of that week was what uh, the commissioner said about, you know, the porters were asking him about, you know, possibly expanding the conference, just like the Big Ten, the SEC, possibly um, bringing in other teams or you know seeing teams go out the door and he said you know the quote of, the quote of the, the week was everything is on the table now he didn't say anything as far as you know we want to do this or we don't want this to happen he said everything's on the table but he did I remember he did say that he was confident that all 14 of his member schools will be here for the long run now is that realistic Seeing you know how college football is coming along, you got schools breaking their contracts with like eight years left, and you know you got schools here in the ACC still with a decade left to go on their contracts. So I, I feel like I I wouldn't if I were him I wouldn't be too confident that all 14 will be in the ACC for years to come.
1: Yeah, I would imagine (laughs) there's going to be some back-channel calls. Hey, (laughs) we need you to stick around for a while. Yeah. Uh, And, and of course, all of this is driven by money, specifically television money. Mm -hmm. So the ACC still has its deal with ESPN, which in comparison to the Big Ten and the SEC's deals, is a steal for ESPN. Right. So... What recourse does the league have? I mean, you either find a new source of income or you go back to the bargaining tables and, you know, (laughs) rework us. Yeah, and that was another thing. And
0: one of the biggest things is possibly bringing in schools that already have, you know, their own deals, like Notre Dame. You know, that's a school that's going to be on NBC every Saturday. And if you can send an ACC school there, you know, every week or have their games televised, that's good for ACC. Now, the problem with Notre Dame is... They want to be independent Yeah Yeah. Notre Dame (laughs)
1: likes being Notre
0: Dame They like being Notre Dame In football So I think I think the ACC's At a big disadvantage With the TV deal Because I feel like Personally When I watch college football On Saturdays ACC Network is like One of the last channels I'll go (laughs) to If I'm being honest with you Mm -hmm. And I think it's I think it doesn't help them With sometimes You know Your big schools are on there Like Clemson You know You want to watch Clemson but you got to go to ACC Network to do. You want to watch North Carolina? They might be on ACC Network. And but you know if I want to watch Georgia, Alabama, CBS, CBS is a national channel. I can watch it anywhere. Yeah, but that's yeah.
1: over now because <laughs> because the CBS deal is done. Oh yeah, So yeah. they're you know so the the SEC has moved on and you know and, and what is it ESPN now is basically the home of the SEC. So right. That's a big deal uh, yeah. to them and uh, to me. ACC football is at a disadvantage. And you can agree or disagree, you know, because we're all friends over (laughs) here. We'll talk about it. But to me, the ACC is one team, one football program away from becoming a basketball league. I would agree. I would agree. And, I mean...
0: Now it's it, there's some hype coming around some other N- ACC teams this year like NC State you know they are it's been talked to them possibly making a playoff run but you know compared show to, me first yeah right <laughs> Com- compared to an SEC school or even a Big Ten school I don't think the ACC is at that level anymore and I think that's that's kind of part of Clemson's problem because. You know, and we've seen this when Trevor Lawrence was there. You know, the Sean Watson—they have issues with their strength of schedule because, you know, nine, ten-year games are against ACC opponents that just aren't, just—they're just not um, competing against the best in the country. They're not on that level. Yeah. So I think, I think Clemson is one of the schools to watch out for in the coming years. To. Leaving the ACC, and I think once that happens, it's like, what do you have left as far as football?
1: Yeah, well, I, mean, I guess you could say Florida State, but that Florida State is okay. not the Florida State of 10 or 20 years ago where it was a national powerhouse and capable of winning national championships, that kind of thing. So there's, you know, there is that. Uh, the North Carolina schools. No, <laughs> you know, let's let's just let's just be real, and that's not going to happen. Um, the northern schools, whether it's Pitt or Boston College, and Hughes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, So <laughs> the ACC football has has some challenges. Let's put it that way. And Clemson, being Clemson, you know, you could look at it from you know, you could look at it from the standpoint of, well, we're Clemson, we don't have to move over to the SEC. And duke it out with Alabama and Georgia and Florida in order to get to the playoffs. You can you still do that in the ACC? I mean, you just win that every year. You basically, you know, clinch yourself a table at the playoffs. You know, what's not I like about that setup?
0: Right, and but I think the problem with that is just now the move from for UCLA and USC to the Big Ten kind of complicates that. Because now I feel like... It's
1: not like they have great football powers
0: either, but... but they, yeah, you know. they're, they're not. But, you know, then again, now they have that strength of schedule, I feel like now, whereas they, if they were to, you know, get successful, hey, they can say we beat teams like Michigan. We beat Ohio State. Clemson, on the other hand, you know, when it comes to that playoff discussion, because it's only four teams, you know two from the SEC are going to get in there. So, you know, the other two is coming down to, okay, well, we got the Big Ten, And Clemson, and so I mean, if you're going, I feel like for Clemson, if you're going against schools that said, oh yeah, we beat, you know, top five teams like Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson only has to show for maybe who 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 else could they say? NC State, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe the best competition in the ACC. So it's like, I think I think it's getting a little more complicated than just saying, hey, we're we can do this in the ACC and make the playoff because now it's not.
1: The competition is not as spread out as it used to be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but ACC football, no doubt about it, it has it has issues. Yeah, and uh, if it, I would just say that if you know, the the best thing that they can do is beef up those football programs because football is driving the bus nowadays in college sports. And if you're not playing high level football, you are in danger of becoming the Big East. Right. that's, that's the name of that, too. It really is. Uh, so now Clemson was obviously the, uh, the, the pick of the media and everybody to, uh, to win the conference. Uh, how confident are you in that? And maybe the better question is, is there anybody who can actually beat them? I'm, I'm, I'm
0: almost 100% confident in Clemson winning, that, winning the ACC I don't see anybody else beating them. Competing-wise, though, I, I would give NC State credit. Um, they had a great season last year. Well, you know, better than relatively speaking. Yeah, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. And um, it looks like, you know, hearing from the coaches and players, you know, they're they're ready to take the next step. But um, as far as beating Clemson, I don't see that happening. And I, I'm pretty sure Clemson and NC State are actually on the – and this is the last year of divisions, too. So I'm pretty sure they're on the same side of the – ACC. Which, you know, if you don't beat Clemson, that's <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah you're, you're done
1: anyway. Yet. Yeah. Um, so there there are bowls galore, but bowls are paling in comparison to making the playoffs. So that is you know, it's either playoffs or, or you get, yeah, yeah. You got <laughs> a nice vacation but you know, it may be a, a obviously bowl season means you get a you get a head start on spring ball in many instances, but you know, it just isn't the same. Right. Um, but now, you're a North Carolina guy you talk to the Tar Heels. So what uh, what's the vibe coming out of Chapel Hill? Yeah,
0: so talking to those guys, they've got a news they're they're trying to put last year you know, in the past and they've kind of it looks like they're trying to rebrand the program now now I think Matt Brown is realizing the talent he has and it's it's there it just has to be put together and start winning games um new slogan they, they're they going there instead of be the one it's uncommon this season and you know we're talking from the players like Josh Downs, Cedric Gray, British Brooks um they said the competition and practice is the urgency is higher um you know they talked about. They definitely talked about last season. They felt like the hype got to them. Now you know, coming into a season where you got playoff expectations, you got a Heisman possibly, you know, Heisman candidate at quarterback, and dynamic receiver like Josh Downs. You know, his talent is there. You would expect to be mm-hmm. that good, but you know they got smacked in the mouth first game of the season against Virginia Tech, and it's like. Where do we go from here?
1: Yeah, they <laughs> were smelling themselves early. Yeah, <laughs> it, it got a little too funky in here.
0: <laughs> right. So, and, and Matt Brown said some interesting things about how he handled last season too. And I know he said he had said that, that was probably the most frustrating year of his coaching career because, you know, it seemed like the guys just weren't weren't buying into, you know, we still have to play regardless of who we have on this team. Like we still have to go out there and and win games. And then there was also he said um just how he how he handled coaching as well, and he didn't he, he just didn't feel like it wasn't a good year for him. Sometimes it didn't feel good for him coaching the team, and I, I mean, I would like to believe in Matt Brown. I think he's a very, very storied, very legendary coach. He's accomplished. Yeah, he's accomplished. Yeah. But um, it, it just it just feels like sometimes, and I know being in Chapel Hill, watching their games, seeing some of their practices, it just feels like sometimes. It might be time for, you know, a fresher face to run a program. A different
1: voice. A different voice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> to me, it's like, okay, you lost to South Carolina. You really don't have room to talk about Man, anybody. Like South Carolina, Florida State, <laughs> uh, Virginia. It's like, those losses
0: were really bad yeah. last year. Yeah. 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 A-
1: you can't you can't erase ugly sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, that's not that's not all. There was more football of the collegiate variety this past week um, with the Big South Conference, and they were in Charlotte for their media day. You went to that, so you you're busy, right? <laughs> uh, what was the Big South like?
0: The Big South definitely um, is. They, they lost a couple teams uh, coming into this season. I think they're down to six now. They came, well last year was, was it, eight? Eight, no, not, nine. Eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're down to six this season. Uh, they added they added Bryant. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, they, the Big South seems like they're kind of, like you said, coming into this new era of college football where teams are coming and going. They're teaming up with the Ohio Valley Conference. For the playoff bids, you know, try to get some more. Well, trying to keep teams uh, competing for the playoffs. So I think I think the Big South is just like like I said, just just buying into what division divisional football is coming to, where you know teams aren't going to be in conferences for a while if it's not working out. Like they're going to go somewhere else, and we see that with North Carolina A and T. This is their last year in the Big South, and they just got in here last year. Um, but as far as a goes, you know, they, they're they kind of similar to Carolina. They were predicted to be to finish third last year at the Big South. You know, they finished, I think, under that, like fourth. Fourth, fourth mm-hmm. yeah. And they just, you know, they didn't have the season they wanted. And Coach Washington and all the players emphasized that as well. They knew that last year, you know, they didn't live up to, you know, what they were expecting. They started started good, I think, was three and one. And then finish the season, five and, and six. Five and six. So um, you know, it's just about finishing. You know, starting starting fast, finishing the season this year, and talking to those guys. They seem like they the seems like the urgency is there.
1: It, now, how much of that is because they're leaving the big sound? versus how much of that is because it's a and t because to me you know they're not necessarily the same thing because a and t being what it is as a school especially among hbcus you know, is that something where a and t is looking to say well you know what we were that among black colleges and we're going to be that among big south schools as well or well, is it something else
0: yeah, and, and like you said, it was interesting you said that because that was one thing I had kind of asked Coach Washington about was about the competition, and he said, you know, the MEAC, yeah, like you said, they were they were that in black colleges. They were top of the black colleges in the MEAC, but you come to the Big South, it's different competition. You know, you're, you're not just playing against the same schools you see every year. These are schools where different players, players from all over, different coaches – and the competition, like you said, was higher. So I think last year he said that kind of was a factor into how the season played out. But, you know, this year they know what to expect now. And I think I think they they're coming into this season with more confidence, I feel like, because of that. I think they you know, they see what they to expect from being in this new conference and they just know what they have to do to, to be successful. Now they're predicted to win the conference.
1: But how much of that is because the Big South lost so many good programs?
0: Yeah, and that's yeah, that's a good thing. that's a good point too, and I I think that plays into it as well because you know the Big South is statistically speaking, if you look at look at the standards from last year, it was Kennesaw State seven and zero in the conference? I think they were eleven and two overall. They had a great season, but after that, you know, the next best team. Was five hundred to losing record all the way down the, all the list, so you know they don't have you know big uh, what do I say a a, a a big bar you know to achieve as far as winning the conference, but as a team you know they know that I think they feel like winning the conference is just not enough, and you know they want to be able to win the conference, but also you know have a good season as far as putting more wins and losses in, in the
1: record. Yeah, and then to make the playoffs, obviously, because that's the only bar that really matters now right. for them. I mean, because back in the old days when they were in the MAAC, you know, the Celebration Bowl was the cap on whether your season was really good or not. Right. Uh, but now it's like, okay, well, you're in this different uh, fish bowl, and the only thing that counts – is can you get to the playoffs and then make noise there? And it won't take long for the Aggies to find out exactly how good they are because they play, what is it, North Dakota State? Yeah, they, they, they have some good teams on the schedule. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so so we will find out quickly whether A&T can hang because that is the standard in FCS. I mean, these guys have a bunch of national championship uh, banners hanging at their place. Uh, they made the finals and you know, what is it, the last four or five years? That's all they've done is make it to the, to the national finals or, or win it yep. all? And so it's like, uh, now you'll find out whether <laughs> you have any horses or not right off the top when you go out uh, and, and play uh, and play that program, but I guess their, their season actually gets underway Labor Day weekend when they play North Carolina Central, right. which is a familiar foe. And you know, uh, I know a lot of people in Charlotte, especially alumni of the two schools, they're looking forward to that. Uh, that and you talked to Coach Washington about that as well. So you know, what did he have to say about playing Central? You know, that might be the one breather they get on the schedule,
0: yeah, <laughs> relatively yeah.
1: speaking, of course. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he was pretty much just talking about it as far as it's, it's just a great opportunity to be able to continue the rivalry and then, you know, come and play in Charlotte. He, he, and, you know, it's for him, I guess it's just a good opportunity for the kids to, you know, a lot of them coming home as well too, being able to play in front of their families and just continue the the one of the biggest HBCU football rivalries, you know, we have in college football. So I, I don't think Coach Washington is too – Concerned about that game, as far as you know what it means for the season, because like you said, they have bigger, bigger fish to fry down the road, and so I, I think I also I think he said you know they're gonna kind of get down, they're gonna actually get down to Charlotte early, kind of make a little trip out of it too. So it's I don't I I don't think it's something the program is too worried about as far as now nah, are we gonna win this game or not like so.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but I tell you, though, if you mess around and lose to your R rival, now you can play North Dakota State or anybody else in FCS, but I can I can say with all sincerity and all the honesty, I can muster, if you lose to Central and you're an Aggie, that is a disaster of a season. You know, And on the other hand, you know, just like, the, you know, for the Eagles – you, know, you may struggle in the meat, but you whip A&T, <laughs> your year is complete. <laughs> you know, so there is still that element to go along with. You know, so a can go out and, you know, and, and beat the number one team in SCS. And, you know, a, a lot of Aggies would be like, uh, but what did you do against Central?
0: Right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> definitely a, it's definitely a season tone setter. But, you know, like I said, that game, like with, with the schedule they have and then expectations of winning the conference – I feel like that game is just for, like you said, for the pride, for the rivalry. But um,
1: after that, it's it's yeah, really time. Yeah, it's the rest of the season you have yeah. to worry about after that, and, and that is uh, to the other side of that. It's also the one hundredth uh, meeting between Central and A and T. So there is that to play for as well. You know, you you, you don't turn a hundred every day, so right. there is that. Uh, so you know, but. Man, there's so much uh, football to talk about, and I appreciate you coming in and and, and uh, talking about it. And you know, this is your last podcast, actually, in studio in Charlotte. And so, uh, once you get back to campus, you know, uh, of course, we'll be in touch and everything. And uh, maybe we can do some more of this as uh, as your time allows between all that studying and everything in and yeah. Chapel Hill. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a full semester. I would say that. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you'll do with it, and uh, I know that you've done excellent work here, and uh, you know you've been a great podcasting partner. Uh, So, thanks for that, and uh, we'll see you around. And so for uh, for all of you who are listening or watching us, uh, be sure to uh, check out Queen City Podcast Network uh, for Sports Charlotte. You can also Catch up with our editions on our website, thecharlottepost.com, as well as SoundCloud and Spotify. Go to our website and support our journalism because, you know, even though Ashibo and I are over here having some fun with it, you know, it costs money to do this stuff. And we need the support of readers and listeners and viewers like you to help us put together the journalism that helps inform and entertain you. So uh, do us a favor and tip you know, in what you can, or better yet, uh, do a subscription. We'll take all of it, no problem. And for everybody here at the Charlotte Post and at Shebo, my name is Herb White. Thanks for listening and viewing.
0: Queen City Podcast network.com.